0: This is the Redeeming Productivity Show, where we talk about technology, techniques, and theology in the light of Scripture to help Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. I'm your host, Reagan Rose. This first episode, uh, I, I want to do a little bit of groundwork. Uh, I want to talk about um, what my hopes are, what, what I'm going to try to accomplish with this with this program, and also uh, I want to introduce myself a little bit. And then we'll get into kind of the main topic today. And that's going to be about 10 tips for success in seminary. Uh, And even if you're not a seminarian, I think most of these tips are going to be helpful for you uh, either way, because they apply uh, most of them to anybody who is a Christian. You may never have heard of Redeeming Productivity before. Uh, this is a new show, but Redeeming Productivity is not new. Uh, it's actually a blog. It um, started out as a blog, redeemingproductivity.com, uh, if you've never been there before. I've been running that website for about three years now. Um, the goal of it, like I said in the intro here, is is really approaching the topic of productivity from a Christian worldview, uh, to approach it with discernment, to approach it uh, from the scriptures so that we can establish a theology of productivity, um, so that we might glorify God with our entire lives. So a lot of what we do is analyze methodologies, uh, secular methodologies, and kind of approach them with discernment. Um, we look at technology, how can we use that as Christians more wisely? And um, we talk a lot about stewardship of our life, of our energy, of our resources, because the aim really is to glorify God with our entire lives that's what the show is all about, and that's what the blog's all about, so check them both out. Well, like I said, my name's Reagan Rose. Um, I live in Southern California with my wife, Kimberly, uh, my son, Watson, he's five months old, and my dog, Harvey. I'm the director of digital platforms at Grace to You, which is the media ministry of Pastor John MacArthur. Check it out, gty.org. Um, I'm also a Master of Divinity graduate um, from the Master's Seminary, so I have my MDiv degree. Um, How did I get interested in productivity? Well, it's personal, but I'll share it with you. Um, I got interested in productivity because I was very lazy. Coming out of high school um, and into early college, I was like the quintessential lazy gamer guy. I, I, I was in, in many ways a hedonist. I just wanted to be on my computer, and I wanted to play my games, and I wanted to watch TV, and I wanted to be left alone. That was my the highest, uh, the water level of my ambition rose. But, um, going into college when the Lord got a hold of me and, and I, and I realized, um, yeah, there's a reason I'm here on earth. The Lord didn't just put me here as the, the lobby for heaven where I'm just waiting, um, till I can go see him. No, there's work to be done. And, um, I've been charged like in the parable of the talents. I've been charged with the stewardship of this life. And that's not for me uh, to, to just, um, try to, to satisfy myself. No, the point of it is to glorify God with my entire life. And when I, when I started to take that seriously and think about all the time I wasted and and think about the brevity of life and how little time we actually have here, I realized I needed to get serious about, um, spending this life well for God's glory and for my eternal joy. So um, I've been interested in it for a long time, but I've read a lot of productivity books. I've listened to a lot of productivity podcasts. I love the genre. I do. Uh, I like um thinking about these things. I like you know kind of trying to tweak my life, get it squeeze a little bit more efficiency, a little bit more um kind of kind of reshape things so that I'm I'm doing things with the right purpose. Um, but in looking into these things and in reading all of these books and podcasts and videos and all that, one of the things I've seen over and over again is that it's mostly coming from people who don't believe in God. That it's a secular perspective. It's not a biblical perspective. And so often the methodologies they're offering are fraught with um, unbiblical philosophies that undergird them. And so you have to approach them with discernment. You know, you have to think through. Okay, this this guy's saying that that you know you need to get more done with your life so that you can become more happy. Right there, there you go. Right there, he's he's giving an ultimate purpose to life. He's he's saying in the book that you need to to be more productive and to get more done for your own sake. And that alone. There's no aim of glorifying God. There's no eternal purpose to it. And so you have to think through those things. And can, can I, can I, um, just apply all of this advice as a Christian, um, wholesale without being discerning about it? No, I don't think you can. And of course there have been several, um, in the last five, 10 years, um, good books on productivity from, uh, Christian authors. Um, but I found that many of them don't go as deep as I would like to go. And so what I do with the blog and what I plan to do with the show is come at productivity, um, from a theological perspective, right? So we're, examining these things from the scripture. We're thinking through, um, how best to make our lives more efficient. Um, and that's going to be a bit in depth, but I also want to come at it from the practical standpoint too, where there's going to be things about how to, how to apply these things really simply. So I've written articles on how to, how to tame your inbox, you know, get, get, um, rid of the junk mail and and keep that under control and things like that that are more practical so i want to do both of those things because i think that um uh theology does not terminate until it results in application, right? So, so you study scripture, you learn from the word of God, you, you crystallize that into a theological principle, but you're not done yet until you apply that theology to your life and actually have your attitudes and behavior shaped by those beliefs. And so I want to do both here specifically in the realm of productivity, but okay, that's, that's enough about me. Let's jump right into uh, today's topic. Today's topic is 10 tips for success in seminary. Um, the, the A lot of seminaries are going to be going back into session here soon. The fall semester is upon us. Uh, and being a former seminary student myself, I understand the difficulty of it. You're balancing life, you're balancing studies, and the unique difficulty is that you are studying academically. Um, but you're also trying to maintain a uh, your spiritual life in the midst of that. And that can actually be very difficult. And like I said in the intro, you even if you're not a seminary student, I encourage you to stick around. Most of these tips are going to be applicable to you as well. Um, now, this comes from an article I wrote in 2016, and I just wanted to expand upon it and cover some of those points to give the guys who are heading back uh, to school um kind of some tips and, and, and tools and, 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 a, a mindset for how to approach, approach the workload and the, uh, um, specific things that are, um, endemic to, to seminary life. Um, okay. So what's number one? So these are 10 tips for success in seminary. Number one is invest in the right tools. I'm a tools guy ma'am. I, I, I think it's important to use the best tool for the job. And why do I believe this? Because how many times I have not. So I, um, I used to own this cordless drill. In fact, I still own it. I'm looking at it and I don't know why I haven't thrown it out or recycle it or whatever you do with a cordless drill, send it off to the farm to live a happy life or the glue factory. Anyway, I, I have this cordless drill, right? And, it, it was junk, it is junk. Um, the battery was shot on it almost immediately. Uh, it just didn't it didn't hold a charge. And when I would use it, it would die in less than a minute. So you know, I'd go do some home improvement project and, and try to try to screw something in with this, and the drill would just die on me. And then I would just use it like the clumsiest, heaviest screwdriver ever. I would like be twisting it and using the drill itself because it was dead, like a screwdriver. It was stupid, but I kept using it, even though probably a manual screwdriver would have done a better job, or I could have bought a proper wireless, uh, drill to use. And so when I finally replaced it, I realized how much time and effort I had been wasting using this stupid thing. And I think it's the same with our studies. And it's the same with all of life. Good tools make you more efficient. And this, this may mean sometimes, like in the case of the drill, I had to buy a new drill. It might mean spending a little money, but in, with all things in life, um, an investment in quality in a quality tool tends to pay for itself down the line. And so I think this is applicable to seminary studies as well. Um, if you, if you buy the right tools up front, um, and set yourself up well, you're going to do better. And so what are the right tools for a seminary? Well, there's many of them that we could list. I think one is a good Bible, um, one with a strong binding um, that's going to last you for years. Why do I say get a good Bible? So maybe you have a favorite Bible you've been using for years. Um, that, that'll that be fine too, but here's the thing. When you start out seminary, you're going to invest, uh, if you're doing an MDiv, which is a three-year degree, sometimes four years, this is, this is not um, some small thing, you're you are deep in the word of God for those years and having a new Bible, something fresh so that you can, I mark, I'm a big advocate of marking up your Bible. Maybe you're not, but something that, that you can, um, this sounds weird, but have a relationship with that book in the sense of, of knowing where things are on the page, you know what I'm talking about and, and, and digging into it and, and knowing it well at the end of those three years of intensive study, you're going to be in your Bible all the time and you're going to have a very close relationship with this Bible. So it would stink. And I know, um, guys that this is, have done this in school and it's fine, but like at the end, some guys as a graduation gift are given a nice new Bible. Look, if you're, if you know a seminary student or if you're the seminary student and you want to ask a parent or somebody, Hey, don't give me a graduation gift. Get it to me at the beginning because a good Bible is going to is going to be a great help for you all through seminary and then all afterwards as you become familiar with that specific Bible. Um, another uh, tool is is notebooks, good quality notebooks or note-taking software for your classes. If you take physical notes, man, if you're going to be spending all that time, all those hours taking those notes, put them in don't just put them in a bunch of loose leaf papers and then crumple them up and stick them in your bag. Get a nice notebook if you're planning to look back at these notes again, take them somewhere where you can preserve them. Uh, similarly, um, note taking software, there's a lot of good options out there instead of just uh, a cluttered folder of word files. Um, you could use Evernote, you can use, um, OneNote from Microsoft, which, uh, is nice and free. Um, I use Ulysses. It's a markdown editor that has a folder structure. There's so many different ways, but, but think about this ahead of time. And if you need to spend a little money, spend a little money, um, yeah, so so just invest in the right tools. That's the first tip. Obviously, don't be frivolous with your spending, but don't be afraid to spend a little bit as an investment um, so that you can get the most out of your studies. Number two, the second tip for success in seminary is do your homework as an act of worship. Now, this is a blatant ripoff from uh, one of the professors at the master's seminary who I had, uh, Dr. Murphy, he was the associate professor of Old Testament. Um, he taught me Hebrew though. I don't know if he heard my Hebrew or, or read, my, uh, translations now that he would, uh, actually own up to the fact that he's the one who taught me and that's not owing to his fault. That's because of me. Um, but Dr. Murphy gave these great pep talks. I loved it. He was like a, a football coach and he'd get you all like worked up for, yeah, I'm in school. Yeah, I'm serving the Lord. And it was helpful, especially, um, when you're in the doldrums of, um, tests and papers and, um, language translations, but one of his best gems of wisdom, uh, was this injunction that we need to always be doing our coursework in school as an act of worship to God. That stuck with me. That stuck with me. If, if your studies are, you're simply doing them, you know, as a perfunctory act as something merely done to get a passing grade or get through school, man, you you really will run the risk of turning into that stereotype where um, where seminary actually turned into a cemetery for your faith. There's no quicker path to seminary becoming cemetery than to do all of your work in the scriptures as merely academic. You need to utilize, the, do it all devotionally as well, is what Dr. Murphy was saying. And the Word of God is not a book to be studied coldly, it's a revelation from the King of Kings, from the living God to you, his creation. And just because you're studying it in a new way where you're looking at the languages and you're looking at genre stuff and all that, just because you're doing that doesn't mean that now it's, it's a textbook. It's more than that. It's a living book. So treat it that way. Whenever you study your Bible, whether it's in your morning devotions or to write an Old Testament synopsis paper, do it as an act of worship. I um, mean, there's actually a great, I'll link to it in the show notes, but there's actually a great little book on this subject for new seminarians. If you haven't read it, I, I recommend it to you. I'll link to it. It's called how to stay Christian in seminary by David Mathis. And it's basically, basically an, uh, expansion upon this, uh, topic of doing all of your work onto the Lord. Okay. Number three, the third tip tip for success in seminary, get organized, get organized. So, okay, without neglecting the spiritual, um, a lot of your success in your studies is going to depend upon your ability to manage your time well. It's just a fact. Obviously, the course load is heavy, but if you put in the right amount of hours towards the right tasks and you balance that stuff out well with all the other things you have in life, work, family, etc you're gonna get it all done. Look, I mean, it's, it's your curriculum is manageable. Other people are doing it. And and so take that as an encouragement. But the key here is that you need to manage your time well. And the key to that is organization. Get organized. It it, it never failed to uh, shock and dismay me when guys would turn up to class on the day a major assignment was due. And they'd look around at everyone with, you know, the the printed out papers on their desk um, and be like, oh, is that due today? What? What? Like, I, like I, I I can't even wrap my head around that. How do you not know that stuff is due? Like, what is your plan here? You just, you're paying to be in school. You're investing all this time. And you just are completely oblivious to when things are due. Like, you're just hoping someone tells you, like the day before, and you'll scramble overnight. No, no, that's crazy. Don't be that guy. Um, if your plan for writing research papers consists of you know, just the night before grabbing a stack of books, jotting down a few notes and crossing your fingers, you don't have a plan. You're not organized, get organized, get organized. And so do this before the semester starts, make, come up with a plan. Um, Get a, get a, a desk uh, organizer, um, you know, get all your stuff in order, have your notebook set up. Um, How are you going to do it, like folders on your computer if you're going to be using a computer for taking notes and all that? But organization is a key to success in seminary. So take the time at the beginning of each new semester, set everything up, purchase your books, create a schedule. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Um, something that provides you enough time where you can just each day chip away on each project so you know you'll get it all done in time. Uh, Number four, get your priorities straight. Number four is get your priorities straight. So another key to managing the seminary life balance uh, is having the right priorities. Um, Having the right priorities. It's really easy and people will tell you horror stories. I'm pretty sure that some of these stories of of guys who destroyed their marriage in seminary are probably apocryphal. You know, these are are, uh, Book of Enoch style stories. Um, they're probably made up urban legends, right? But the the point is well taken guys have destroyed their marriage, um, because they have neglected it. Right. Um, so get your priorities straight. Yeah. You're in school. Yeah. This is a season, but here's the priorities. God's first family, second church, third seminary studies, fourth. Got that. Put the Lord first in everything, put your family ahead of school studies put church life don't neglect like church while you're studying to be a pastor that's ridiculous and then seminary studies behind it look I, i'm just going to be honest with you of course be organized of course get all this stuff done try to do it the, the point is not to get a's though if there comes a point where you know you you've, you've tried to do everything right but the the option is between finishing this paper being, being more prepped for a test tomorrow versus uh you know a family member is ill or 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 there's something you need to do um don't neglect those more important things for this. Just take the hit, take the hit on your grade take the hit on your grade, but don't don't uh don't forsake your other responsibilities um have your devotional life be a bedrock non-negotiable you don't cut it out in the morning for a semester because you're taking some tough classes. Drop the class. Even if it costs you money, you say, I'm too far in and pass the withdrawal rate. Drop it anyway. If, if you see that your spiritual life is suffering tremendously because you've bitten off more than you can chew, don't be an idiot. Don't just be okay with that for, for 15 weeks. Drop it. You know, love your wife, be with your kids, be involved at church and, and do your seminary studies, but, but don't put them ahead of all that. And when done right, when you, when you prioritize things rightly, you'll find that they all kind of flow out of each other. And one proceeding to the next, there's a harmony to it. There's a balance, um, to your life and, and all of those things actually benefit your seminary studies because you're trying to, you're going to have to be a balanced life person, even when you're serving in ministry full time later, because you can't just push everything to the side because you got a sermon. So learn that now balance. Not, it's not easy. It's not easy. And it's not always attainable, right? To, to be in those orders in certain seasons there, there you will end up neglecting things, but don't let that stop you from striving for, um, a good balance of priorities. Fifth, uh, go at your own rate, go at your own rate. Look, there's always going to be some sharp, jerk who's in your seminary class who's smarter than you he's like oh i already learned hebrew before i came here and you're like okay i barely know english don't worry about it don't try to keep up with everybody you know there'll be guys and i'm taking 21 credits a semester okay let him you you say i can only take six okay take six if a heavy class load is causing you struggle to provide for your family because you can't work, or, or if you're failing to keep up with your personal devotions, if, if, if you are saying no to every kind of ministry involvement because you're just way too busy with school, what? Are you, how is that going to work out for you? You're too busy learning to be a minister in the local church to actually serve the church. You're too busy learning to counsel people to be, um, uh, uh, good leaders of their family to actually lead your family. You see the irony there? Go at your own rate, go at your own rate. If you can't handle it, slow down. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. The shame is in neglecting your responsibilities. Um, and you say, well, I don't want to go part-time off to pay more per credit hour. (laughs) There's a much steeper cost to neglecting your family and your church, um, than, uh, paying a little bit per credit hour. Okay. Lighten it up. Go at your own rate. Number six, talk to your professors. And I don't just mean raise your hand in class. I mean, talk to them. I, 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 I'm I, not going to go on a rant about this. I'd like to. One of the unfortunate trade-offs, I think, with online courses is that uh, interpersonal interaction you have um, with with the, uh, the professors. Um, I don't like online courses for seminary. I just... I think that personal aspect is important. The character stuff is important. And so what you do sometimes is you exchange personal interactions for the convenience of, well, I can just watch a video. Um, and we're talking a discussion board. That's the same thing, right? No, it's not. And if you're privileged enough to be attending, a, I know everyone can't do it, but if you're privileged enough to be attending a seminary on campus, do take advantage of the, that situation. Um, interact with your professors. If you're one of those guys who just goes from class and then somehow teleports to the library or back home to study, I, I've known guys like that. I don't know what if they've figured out some wormhole, te- wormhole technology that allows them to just transport from the class to the library. But like I remember um, uh, graduation day, And guys walk across the stage and I went to a small seminary, but guys will walk across the stage. I'm like, I've never seen that guy before in my life. (laughs) And They're like, he started in the same year as me. I'm like, Nope, never seen him before. These guys that just completely disappear during seminary because they're, they're just there to finish the program. Don't be that guy. Talk to your professors. Don't shut yourself off to that. Ask them to coffee. Talk to them after class. If they have office hours, go visit them. Ask them questions. Not just about the curriculum. Not just about, hey, uh, I noticed you gave me a B plus. So what do I need to do to get that to be an A minus? Can I rewrite? No, dude, shut up. You need to talk to them to learn from these people. They, they, They have been teaching men how to be pastors. Often many of them have served in ministry themselves. Learn from them get help from them in your life. Uh, so often they'd be so happy to answer your questions and give you sound advice. If you would just go to them, you're, you're at seminary to see, receive an education. Well, guess what? A lot of that education actually happens outside the classroom. So take advantage of it. Number seven, pray like the devil is chasing you. Number seven of the 10 tips for success in seminary is pray like the devil's chasing you. Why? Well, because he is, you know, we have an enemy, um, who stalks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Uh, Satan is is intent on thwarting God's plans. He's going to fail, but he is intent on doing that and, um, targeting ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, especially in their infancy while they're in seminary, receiving their, their seminal, their seed training for ministry. Why not take them out there? You got a target on your back, man. You're training for ministry. The accuser has your number. Um, He wants to take you out. He wants to make you proud. He wants to discourage you, to convince you, no, uh, you can't do it. But if you, and so if you're not watchful for those attacks, you're most certainly going to fall. So you're not just think about this way. You're not just training for battle. This isn't boot camp. You know, they're not just shooting uh, blanks at you and training exercises. Spiritual battle is going on right now while you're in school. If you want to have success in seminary, then suit up with the armor of God and add to it prayer. Pray like the devil's chasing you. Ask for help. Confess sin rapidly. Seek reconciliation with people who have sinned against you and whom you sin against. Just be hyper vigilant because you have an enemy. Number eight, and the 10 tips for success in seminary is make time for your fellow seminarians. This is similar to, um, the tip about, uh, making time for your professors, but man, your fellow students are going to be a huge blessing to you. Uh, if you want to have success in seminary, don't neglect those guys. Um, again, back to, back to the guys who, who teleport (laughs) the guys that you, nobody knows, you know, they're just there. They're quiet. Um, And they don't, uh, they don't really interact with anyone. If you do that, even if you're tempted that way, you're like, well, I'm an introvert. I don't know. I'm so quiet and mousy sometimes. Well, I get it, but step outside of your bubble. Look, like, why are you in seminary? Are you doing it to become a pastor? If you are, what on earth? How are you not interacting with people? You're gonna be the weirdest pastor ever. You're like, oh, I just like preaching. I'm not really into, you know, talking with human beings. I just like to preach. Well, then you want to be a performer. Try stand-up comedy. Look, pastors don't just don't just preach; they pastor. Okay, they shepherd people. So you're gonna to need to have some social skills, Skippy. Um, and also, if you neglect your fellow, and so so what I'm saying is, your your, your seminarian friends there are gonna be a blessing for you in that regard. But also. Fellowshipping with that guys, um, with those guys helps you to grow. The, these guys are the, going to be the closest aligned to you in, in terms of what their goal in life is. And, and if you're at a school that is, uh, theologically, um, united for the most part, these are guys who probably share your beliefs more than anybody else in your life or know the fine details, man, these should be your best pals. Um, and and often God's doing just amazing things in the life of your fellow students. And so, so find out what's going on, share your life with them, be encouraged, look at your brothers in Christ. So, so pray for each other, be in your lives. And, And besides all of that, like. The, the friendships you make here are going to last a lifetime, and I'm, I, I'm three years out of seminary here, and, and my, I have friends ministering all around the world, and, and even that just affords opportunities for me to connect with people in different places, you know, and, and, and sometimes speak or preach at other guys' churches, or or hey, someone asks about, hey, I'm moving to this area. Well, I actually know someone. I have a personal relationship with someone there who's a pastor. There's a good church for you there. Like, that's really cool. You're not going to find that if you if you hide out in the library. Uh, get to know your fellow seminarians. Uh, number nine, do ministry. Do ministry. You're never too busy. You're never too busy for ministry. Listen, if you're just packing theories into your head, you're not putting the things that you're learning to work, you are doing yourself a and the church a disservice. The, the body of Christ needs your gifts. Just because you're taking classes doesn't mean you get a three to four year break from body life. Seek out opportunities to serve. It doesn't matter what they are. The, whatever church you're at, seek, while you're in school, seek out opportunities to serve. It doesn't matter how small, it doesn't matter what they are, find ways to serve the body of Christ. Because remember, that's what you're training to do. Seminary is not a break from ministry, it's equipping for ministry. Part of that equipping is applying what you're learning as you're learning it. And then finally, the 10th tip for success in seminary is get over yourself. Go on, get over yourself look, you seem like a smart guy. You're listening to a really awesome uh, podcast. So you, yeah, you're, you're probably really smart. Um, but listen, you're headed to grad school anyway, but you are not the bee's knees. You're not even the bee's cankles. You're not even any appendage on a bee. You're a fly. You're a fruit fly. You're very tiny, a gnat, I don't know why I'm using all these insect analogies. What I'm saying is get over yourself. Look, we're the scum of the earth. We're we're the chief of sinners. If Paul considered himself nothing, why consider yourself something? Don't think that the school's lucky to have you. And don't be shocked that, hey, why didn't they on the first uh, week of school invite me to speak in the chapel on the uh, surpassing supremacy of me, myself, and I? You're not, you're not awesome. You're a servant of Jesus Christ. The, the, one of the most ironic things you see is the arrogant seminarian. That also is a trope, you know. I remember the, the Babylon Bee did a thing about um uh a seminarian who, you know, it was like a first year seminarian that was ready to take over the church from his pastor. Man, you see that all the time. No, stop. You're here to learn. Don't come in with a chip on your shoulder. You're not just there to learn. You're 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 there, um, you're there to to uh, to serve there's nothing more arrogant or silly or disgusting there's nothing more disgusting than an arrogant servant it's like oxymoronic and yet many pulpits are filled with an appalling level of hubris um, it's it's just silly and it would be so sad if academically you succeed in seminary but spiritually you come out as a failure because you you you're just doing it for yourself. No, you're doing it to glorify God, right? Remember that. Get over yourself. Get it out of your system. You're going to wreak havoc in ministry if you make it all about you. So be humble. First Corinthians one thirty one. let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Okay? You're not all that. Anyway, in conclusion here about these 10 tips, that, that's all of them. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Um, in conclusion, man, it's a blessing. I'm, I am happy for you if you're starting seminary uh, or if you're just going back to a new semester. What a blessing. Don't squander the opportunity. Use it well. Be wise. It was missionary Jim Elliott who said, wherever you are, be all there. Live to the hilt every situation you believe to be the will of God. And it's my prayer for you that as you go to seminary, as you train to be a servant, um, an under shepherd of the Lord, that you would take full advantage of that time for his glory. And I believe that if you do, and if you put him first, and if you're diligent in these things, you will find success in seminary. Okay. Well, that's it for the first episode of the redeeming productivity show. Um, I just let you know a couple things as we leave on the blog this week. Um, last Wednesday, I posted a, a post called three spiritual benefits of living close to work. So check that out. There's a link in the show notes, um, some information for you. We're running a, a special. I did a course for the, uh, Institute for church leadership at the master's seminary. Um, the course is called stewardship and productivity. Um, you can use the promo code redeeming prod, um, which, you know, redeeming them prod, like productivity. And I'll give you 20 bucks off the regular price. There's a link below if you want to check that out. Be sure to subscribe because I don't want to just talk to nobody. Um, And we'll be back next Monday. And until then, let me encourage you that in whatever you do, do it well, do it like a Christian and do it all for the glory.